Jesus leaning well I'm leaning on the everlasting arms what a fellowship oh what a fellowship what a joy divine leaning amen lasting arms what a blessedness what a peace is mine leaning on Everlasting arms Cause I'm leaning Yes I'm leaning Real safe and secure From all along Leaning Leaning Well I'm leaning on The everlasting arms Now oh how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on everlasting arms, I how bright the path. We're leaning on the everlasting arms. Well, yes, I'm leaning. Yes, I'm leaning. We'll safe and secure from all along. I like this verse. Now what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning. Amen. Seen arms. Well, I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear. Leaning. The everlasting arms. Because I'm leaning. Leaning. Well, and secure from all along Leaning, leaning Well, leaning on the everlasting Let's sing that last verse again Now what have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms I have blessed peace with my Lord so dear, leaning on the everlasting arms, cause I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all along, leaning, leaning, leaning on, one more time, leaning. Yes, I'm leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all along. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Amen. Are you thankful you're leaning? Amen. On something that's holding you? Amen. You're not leaning on something that is a hope. You're leaning on something that is true. Amen. It's good to have all of you here. Let's, um, let's sing Feel Like Traveling On. We don't usually start them up fast like that, but I, I like that. That was good. My heavenly home is bright and fair. I feel like traveling 
this verse. Well, the Lord has been, amen, good to me. I feel like traveling on until that blessed home I see. I feel like traveling on. Yes, I feel like traveling Conquer 
overcomers in this life and we've been made victorious it's through the blood of Jesus Christ oh we've been made thank you Lord Jesus welcome you uh, to the service. It's good to have our visitors here. Looks like we've got quite a few folks missing, but uh, you know, it's always amazing to me. Uh, it doesn't matter how many visitors we have. We always seem to have the right number of people not here, so we can always squeeze in. So it's uh, amazing to have that happen. Uh, it's good to have everybody here, like I was saying. Um, I'm going to ask our brother Thad if he'll come and open the service in a word of prayer. It's good to have them, uh, or them here, the drums here. Uh, it's good to have Brother Joe here. We've been, uh, my family and I have been away for vacation for a few weeks, and so uh, I streamed one of the services and I heard Brother Barry announce, but it's so good to have you here, Brother Joe. We've really, really missed you so much. God bless you. Um, we've got quite a few folks that are out, including our pastor, so we want to remember him in prayer. If you have an unspoken prayer request, just make it known by the, to him. Brother Thad, if you'd come in the service over. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're just so honored to be called into your presence this morning. As I was listening to Brother Ben just starting the song about mercy rewriting our lives, Lord, I mean, it draws to my remembrance a time over 20 years ago when you pulled on my heart and brought me back into church, Lord. It grips me so strong. It's an anthem of my life, Lord. And I thank you for that. And we're so honored to be here again today, Lord. I've come with such anticipation. Lord, not to hear Brother Barry, hearing that he's not going to be here, Lord, but, but just to hear your word, Lord, knowing that you've got a servant of God that's ready to, to bring it forth and deliver it to our ears, Lord. I pray for a great anointing to pour down on us, Lord. Not just, not just the man of God that's going to minister, Lord, but also every heart and every ear that's here, Lord. We need that same anointing. Father God, we want to place you in that preeminent spot, Lord, in this service. Lord, there's nothing greater. Nothing greater in the song service. Nothing greater in the ministering of the word, Lord. Nothing greater in our fellowship, Lord. As we leave, we want to take that, that same position for you, Lord, into our lives, out into the work week that we have ahead. And Father, we just ask that any spirit that would come, that would, that would try to lead our thinking away and draw our focus, Lord, that you would just bind it, set it aside, Lord, cast it away, that we can give you that focus, that we can give you that preeminent spot, that you can minister directly to each and every heart in its own individual way. Lord, there was a, the uplifting of so many hands. And Father, there's a, there's a faith that it takes even to raise your hand amongst peers, Lord. 
And Father, once that, that faith has been given, you've passed it out, Lord, we as a congregation, we have to take that and we now carry the burden to share that burden with those individuals. And we just pray for them. We unite our faith with them. And we just believe that whatever that need was within their heart, that you can, you can manifest a deliverance according to your perfect will, Lord. Father, we love you. We just commit everything into your hands now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Turn and shake hands with those that are around you. Welcome them. You may have your seats. Good to have Brother Billy. Ivy back from uh, World Travel and uh, Sister Rebecca back from all their travels. Uh, God bless you. Um, we're going to sing that song, uh, It Is Well With My Soul. I, just, I like that song, and uh, this morning I was thinking about that. It doesn't matter what is going on. We all have problems. Amen? All of us do. It doesn't matter. They're all different. But we all got things that we're going through right now. Some of them are financial. Some of them might be physical. Some of them might be having to do with relationships. But we're all going through something right now. And I am thankful no matter what we're going through in your soul, your spirit, your body might not be feel like it, but in your soul, you know it as well. Amen? Amen. When peace like a river attends my way. Amen. When sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast
about this My sin Not in part But the whole Thank you, Lord Jesus
just bear with me. I do this sometimes. I want to sing this verse here again. My sin, oh the bliss. This has such a special meaning to me. So I'll ask that you bear with me. The words here that say, my sin, not in part, but the whole, all of them. Amen. All my sins, all the mistakes I do, the wrong thoughts I say, the wrong words I say, the wrong actions I have, they're all forgiven. God sees us, amen, not as we see ourselves, but he sees us as we, through the blood, we're perfect. I am so thankful for that. If we could sing this verse one more time, I'd appreciate that. My sin, oh, the bliss. Amen. Will my sin not in part, but the whole? Hallelujah. to come at this time, take up the uh, morning offering. As they're coming, just have a couple uh, announcements to make, and then we're going to ask our brother Matt Watkins, uh, who's here with us today, filling in. It's always good to have brother Matt. He's like one of us. Amen. He's just family, so it's good to have him here. Uh, a couple announcements here. Uh, remember, for those uh, signing up for FPU, Financial Peace University, uh, last day to sign up is 7-16, so July 16th. If you have any questions, Brother Josh Godwin is leading that this year, so see Brother Josh if you've got any questions. Um, Brother Josh and Sister Kristen can tell you it made a big change in their life. If you've never gone through Financial Peace University, I would suggest you do that. It uh, can be life-changing for you. Um, there's also, um, there will be a Sunday School Activity Day on July 27th for uh, Sister Julia. I'm going to say it wrong. Cassia? Cassia? Um, Sister Clayville and Sister Clayville. Uh, <laughs> I, I always get that wrong, and then I get nervous, and then I definitely mess it up. For both their classes, uh, age 3 to 10, um, uh, and it's here at the church, uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., drop off ages 5 to 10. Parents welcome still if you want to stay. Children younger than 5 need a parent in attendance. Lunch will be provided by the church if you're willing to volunteer. They're looking for volunteers. 
see Sister Clayville, Brother Chris's wife. Um, <laughs> sign up sheet. I am so dead. Sign up sheet is in the back and will be open uh, until July 23rd for sign ups. Amen. Brother Jeff, if you could say the blessing on the offering. Amen. As uh, Brother Matt comes, let's sing Falling in Love with Jesus. Amen. Is that the best thing you've ever done? Amen. It's falling in love with him. He loved us already. Amen. We just had to realize we need to fall in love with him. Amen. Falling in love with Jesus. Falling in love. Was the best thing I ever done. Oh, in his arms I feel protected. In his arms, never disconnected. In his arms, I feel protected. Falling in love with 
Bless you. Certainly good to be here with you. Amen. This morning, the sun is shining, not outside, but inside. It's shining right here. This is the kind of sun I want to expose myself to. I want to say, Lord, I want the sun to shine on me, shine on every part of my heart. Amen. Let the sun of God shine on me this morning. God bless you. We just want to uh, say it's an honor to be here. Amen. With you again. Been just a little while since we were here, but always a privilege to come, and I do feel like I'm preaching to family and to friends. Brother Ben, certainly I've uh, just developed a good uh, relationship and friendship with all the believers from this church. Uh, we're looking forward to youth camp, and that's coming up right around the corner, and this church has played a real special role, um, not only just through the families um, that have helped so immensely so much at our camp, but the love and support, the encouragement. Amen. From this church, your pastor, Brother Barry, who brings greetings this morning, wanted me to greet you. And um, he was just uh, going into the pulpit this morning, maybe, I guess, it's about 930 or so when he texted me, he's about to go preach. So we want to be praying for them as they're in service now. But uh, just appreciate you all so much. Looking forward to having Brother Barry speak at our camp this year. And so we've got a, um, we've got a lot to look forward to. Amen. We, as my dad loves to say, our future is bright. <laughs> I'm glad I got a bright future. You know, you read the, read the news, the world doesn't have this, this, this part of this uh, scene of history. It's not looking too bright, looking pretty dim, looking pretty low. But look up, arise, shine. Amen. For the glory of the Lord is risen. His light has come. Amen. John chapter 8, we just want to turn to the word this morning. Amen. John chapter 8. That'll be all the music. Thank you. God bless you. John chapter 8, and we'll just begin reading at verse 30. I'm going to minister to you this morning on something I've just preached back home uh, just here just a couple weeks ago, and so... I'm going to minister. The Lord just laid this upon my heart even before I came. And so I trust that the Lord, I trust that you you are in tune, amen, this morning with the Holy Spirit to say, Lord, I want to tune out everything past, present, what happens after. And I just want to tune and harmonize my spirit to be sensitive to your word. You know, the word is so powerful. The word preached when it's, when it's mixed with faith, and that means that you don't just hear it, but you mix it with faith and say, Lord, I believe that what's being spoken is directly for me. And when you can say that really to the Lord in honesty and say, Lord, I'm not listening for my brother, my sister, for my, I'm listening right here for me to say, Lord, I want to become sensitive now to what your spirit, you could take Brother Matt right off of what he's prepared uh, this morning and uh, take him right down an avenue that he wouldn't even be expecting to go down. I believe the Holy Spirit can do that. You know, Jesus, Brother Branham said that about the woman that touched the hem of his garment. And he said the Father had shown him everything up until that point. And he says, but that little woman who had a blood issue, he said the Father didn't even show him that little woman. And he said, that's why he said, who touched me? 
And he says, but that woman with her need that she had upon her, notice not the need that he had, the need that she had. He said she reached out from her pain and all of her problem and she touched the hem of his garment. And Brother Branham said it this way, she drew out from God what she needed from him. I just want to say, Lord, let me pull up a chair to your table and let me draw out from you what I need this morning. Amen. We're going to minister to this morning, and I've titled this, Truth That Makes You Free. Truth That Makes You Free. Let's begin reading here at verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Let's read that again. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, and there's what they said, We be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I want to be free this morning. How about you? Lord Jesus, we just bow our heads now, Lord, in great humility, Lord, in great, Father, just awareness of our own inability this morning. Lord, these people, your children I'm preaching to, Lord, they didn't come to hear me. Lord, they've not gathered just to be seen of each other. Lord, there's congregations and people that meet, Lord, all around this city right now and all around the nation and churches, denominational and non-denominational and every kind of religion in the world that we could imagine meets and gathers. Lord, but Father, we're your children here this morning, and Lord, we can just confess we didn't come, Lord, with any motive, with any intention other than just to hear from heaven. Lord, to hear as Moses heard as a man speaks to his friend. I pray, God, that you would come and take me. Lord, these words that, I've, that I know that you've placed upon my heart, God, I just surrender now, Lord, to your spirit. I become, Lord Jesus, subservient to what you want to do and what you want to say, Lord. I pray, God, that you would come now, Father, Lord, as we've prepared the mechanics, Lord, I pray that you'd come and send the dynamics of the Holy Ghost. I pray, Father, upon each seat, each heart, young, old, mother, father, teenager, from the front to the back, Lord, I pray that you would come and send quickening power, Lord, we ask it now in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. <clears throat> this was a question that is so powerful that even when John chapter 16, when they ask, they ask Jesus and said, you know, what, is, what, do you, what do you mean the truth shall make you free? John 16, Jesus speaks of this also. And he says in John 16, verse 8, verse 12, and he says, I have yet many things to say unto you but you cannot bear them now. How be it? So in other words, I have many things I want to say. I have, I, have, I have something I want to... You know, when the Lord... Here's one thing you find out from John chapter 16. The Holy Spirit 
always has something to say. And let me just say this. I believe that the voice of God speaks. If only we listen. I believe that the voice of truth speaks and is speaking today and speaks to the hearts of the family of God. If only we could tune out the other voices and get small enough and get humble enough and get contrite enough, I believe the Lord can reveal and is still revealing Himself. How many could say amen to that? The Holy Spirit is still revealing Himself to His family. He didn't, uh, we, 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 as, as Jesus says here, I have many things. Let's read it here in verse 12. He says, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. The prophet of God picked this up in John 16 and said, this is why the seven seals had to be opened. This is why the mystery of the seven church ages had to be revealed because Christ had more to say. Can you say amen? And he says, how be it, notice this verse 13, how be it when he, he, so this is a person, this isn't a knowledge, it's not academic, it's not something you learn, but he, the spirit of truth, if you have your Bible, that's John 16, we don't have it on the screen, how be it when he, verse 13, how be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, He will guide you. So we learn the spirit of truth is He. It's a person. So unless you know the person, you could know all about His Word. But Brother Branham says it this way, not to know His Word is life, but to know Him is life. And he says, when He, the spirit of truth has come, He will guide you. Into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Notice what you have here. This is what Brother Branham says. He says that Jesus had more to say. Notice what he says in verse 13. He'll guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and He will show you things to come. Verse 14, He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine, and shall show it unto you. You are the recipients of the more that Jesus wanted to say. What a privileged people we are. So there's only two spirits. We know that in the world today. We could could, uh, make it very simple. There's only two things that influence our decisions. There's only two things that have an ultimate bearing upon our life and the life that we live when we wake up every day. What motivates us? The prophet of God said there's only two spirits that motivate you. And that's either a spirit from heaven or a spirit from hell. Can you say amen? And so there's only two voices in the world. You could say that there's many voices that speak and there are. But really when you boil it down, there's only the voice of truth. And by contrast, if there's a voice of truth, then there must be a voice of a lie. If there's a voice of clarity that speaks in clarity and gives clear truth, then there must be, by contrast, a voice of distortion, a voice of pollution, a voice of corruption. So you say, Brother Matt, what are you preaching? I'm telling you, you better be careful what voice you're listening to. Because there's a voice that speaks, there's a voice that speaks delusion and depression and anxiety and confusion. 
But then there's a voice that speaks peace. And a voice that speaks stability. And a voice that speaks the revelation of God that brings peace to the son and daughter of God. And so there's only two spirits in the world, the prophet says. There's either the spirit from above or the spirit from beneath. This is why Jesus says, if you love the world and the things of the world, then the love of God is not in you. So that word love, when he says, if you love the world, that word world is the word cosmos. It's actually the opposite of the world chaos. And so chaos is destructure. Cosmos, what Jesus is referring to, he says, if you love the world, this is the cosmos. It's the structure. So there's a structure Jesus speaks to. Listen, friends. The spirit that's influencing the world in 2023 is not a new spirit. It's an ancient spirit only wrapped up in a different package. As we know, spirits never die. The prophet of God says they only change their form. And so the same spirits that are affecting man's carnal heart today The same religious demons that tried to get upon Cain and say, it doesn't matter how I worship. It doesn't matter what approach. Here's my offering. Just accept it. The prophet of God said Cain was just as religious as Abel was. He knew the will of God. He only refused to do it. His pride kept him from it. And so that same spirit's here today. Can you say amen? And so Brother Branham says it's the, it's the, this is what the word means. It's the word structure. If you love the structure, this is the world. This is the, this is the, the world order. It's the music. It's the harmony. It's the rhythm. It's the beat that all of the entire world is marching to. But I've heard a different sound. Hallelujah. And so notice this, this, this word here when he speaks of truth. And Jesus says, we'll pick it up in our scripture here. And he says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The truth, so there's only, there's only as we said, uh, two, wor- two, two influences in the world today. And so you have truth and it can't just be partially true. Listen, friends. You can talk about fact and you can talk about information, but there's a very big difference between information and the truth. Hello? There's a very big difference. You can have all the information and not have the truth. In fact, a direct quote from Brother Branham, he says, you can have all the information and lack the revelation. Come on, somebody help me preach. I'm not preaching uh, algebra here. This is real simple. We all were believers. We believe this. So you can have all of, Brother Branham says, you can have all of the information. What was the failure of of Peter's faith when he's cursing the Lord? And Jesus says, "You'll you'll curse me three times. Before the morning, you'll curse me. Yet, Lord, he's saying in one place, I'll never deny you and, and, I, and I'll, I'll never walk away from you. And Lord, and then you see all this, this vigorous faith that Peter has. And, and Jesus, just, a, just, just right after, says, Peter, before the, before the morning, you'll deny me three times. And here's that person with such strong, bold faith that could say, Lord, I'll never leave you. I'll never walk away from you. And yet this same man who said those same words 
is saying, I don't even know him. Don't talk to me. And he's using profanity to people. Because his speech, <laughs> the Bible says, they said, your speech betrays you. And so he does everything now when the pressure comes on. What was the failure of Peter's faith? It was a knowledge, a gnosis, an information, but it lacked revelation. For with revelation in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we shall prevail against them. And so let me say this, and I'm just going to lay a few principles in here. I don't have any kind of big bang or grand finale. This is the grand finale right here. So rejoice now. So let me just lay some principles in here. Truth is the absolute standard. It's the absolute. Do you know it's important to have absolutes? Do we realize the importance, even in the Bible, it talked about the ancient landmarks or boundaries that marked the territory of the children of Israel's inheritance. And it was a, it was a curse upon a man who would move an ancient absolute. And so when you're not tied to an, the right absolute, everyone's tied to one absolute. Be, be sure you're tied to something. But when you're tied to the wrong absolute, uh, listen, friends, those absolutes can become removed from your life. I've watched people who have walked with the message. Uh, they're, 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 they're all the way from the day they were dedicated by their, by their grandfather. And who was a pastor and lived and, 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 and preached the message of the hour. And you watch that family whose anchor point you could tell by the life they lived. They were at church. They, they paid tithes. They had all of the dress. They had all of the talk. They had all the outward appearance of a true believer. But you, you know what happens is when your anchor point is a grandpa, a papa, a mamma, a pastor, a brother, a dad, a father, a mother. When your anchor point and you don't realize that you never realize that as long as the times are good, the preacher's there, as long as he's on the scene, as long as he's preaching. But oh, watch that grandpa pass away. Age takes him. He goes on to his reward. And then when the anchor is removed from that person's life, they're like a boat drifting down the tide. And oh, it holds for a little while. Then after a while, you see this let go and that let go and this let go and that let go. And then just, whew, they're gone. And so let me, let me just say this, lest we run out of time. We don't have a PM service, but I'm not going to preach all the way through the evening. Don't worry. Let me say some things, and I just want them to stick. Truth, as we said, is a person. Pilate asked this question and says, what is truth? It's a famous question that philosophers have asked all down throughout time. What is real? What is truth? He didn't know that truth was standing in front of him. It was within his reach. It was within his grasp. And so truth is the absolute standard by which all reality is measured. Truth is God's view on any subject. Truth is God's view on any situation, on any question, on any idea. Truth is not what a scholar says. 
Though I'm thankful for good scholars and men that know things and it doesn't matter on what subject you want to talk about. It's not, truth is not what a theologian says that it is. Truth is not what a scholar says it is. Let me go further. Truth is not what a preacher even says or anyone says it is. I could be red in the face and loud at decimal level and, 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 and have what would be maybe an anointing upon my flesh. But listen, just because I'm loud and red and I declare it and I believe in all of that, I believe the word should be declared in power and in demonstration. But listen, friends, that's not what makes it truth. Truth is true. Let me say it this. Truth is what it is. It's who it is. I'll go further and say the message of the hour is not what I say it is. It's not what any man preaches that it is. No matter how dogmatic he says, I've got the truth. I've got the corner on the truth. And if you want the truth, you've got to come to my pulpit. You've got to come to my church. And, and how many times have we seen men raise up like this? And what I'm preaching is the only version of all the truth. And I've got everything lined up and all my T's crossed and all my I's dotted. I could put it on a chalkboard, lay out the, the, the ages through the seals, through the thumb all the way through the wise, the foolish virgin, predestination, election, original sin, serpent seed, and lay out all of the doctrine. But let me just say this, at the end of all of that, at the end of everything man's, man thinks, truth speaks for itself. And it's good to declare it. We believe in preachers. We believe in preaching the word of God. We believe in, 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 in declaring the word of God and teaching the word of God. But the truth speaks for itself. And it's not of any private interpretation as the scripture says. I just hope you catch my thought here today. The message is not, the Bible is not what I say it is. The Bible is not what I deduct it to or reduce it to. The, the, the word of God is what it is. It's, it's a living organism. It's a living, breathing power, dynamic power that controls everything in the world today. And, and it's, it's not what I say. It's not my interpretation to it. Listen, it doesn't, it, it, the message is not even what I say it is. It's, it's not what even, listen, friends, I'm going to go a little bit further and say the message of the hour was not William Branham's message. No more than Jeremiah's message that he preached to the lost, uh, uh, last tribes of, of, of Israel. The, the Micah, you name any prophet in the Old Testament. It was not their message. But that's why Brother Branham says, it wasn't me who appeared there on the Ohio River that day. I was only standing by. I was standing near when he appeared. And said, as John the Baptist foreran, message foreran the first coming of Christ, so your message and your ministry will forerun the second coming of Jesus Christ. Did we see it happen? Amen. Hello? And so it's not what the message is. It wasn't, it wasn't Brother Brandon's message. I hope you catch this this morning. It wasn't his. It wasn't Jeremiah's. And so when you reject Jeremiah, you weren't rejecting Jeremiah. When you walked away and called him a heretic, you weren't walking away from Malachi. You weren't walking away from Micaiah. You were walking away from Jehovah. And so when you leave this truth, you're not walking away from William Branham's message. You're walking away from the throne room's message. How many believers do we have here? Even the book of Revelation was not John's book. 
Listen, I'm going to teach her just for a moment. The book of Revelation is not John's book. John was just the scribe or the person who wrote it down. <laughs> Come on, do we have believers here today? The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants which things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So who, where did the message come from? The angel, the heavenly angel that gave it to an earthly messenger and that earthly messenger transferred it to an earthly people. The only people who could receive the Lamb's message is the true elected seed of God. Listen, friends, you're the only one who has something inside of you that can say amen to the end time truth. You're the only person, and I didn't put it there, you didn't put it there, mom didn't put it there. It's not by your last name or where you came from, but sovereign God, by grace, put something inside of you that can say amen to the word of God. I accept the word of God. I may not understand it, but I believe it with all of my heart. He sent it and signified it by an angel. So this wasn't a messenger, this wasn't a man's message, it was... An angel's message from God. Hello? You know, Brother Branham spoke about that angel in such a special way. You go back and hear some of the early experiences. Brother Branham says, I can hear him. And he says, if, if you were to put him in a crowd of a hundred other angels, I could point him out to you. And he says, I could tell you what he looked like, dark, complex, dark complexion. And he says, hands just young, hands like this folded over. He says, if you put him in a hundred other angels, he said, I could hear his footsteps there as he came up the stairs. And Brother Branham's there praying in his little cabin. And he could hear his, the, he says, the, 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 the steps of that angel, that door open, that, uh, that, that light that would appear. Brother Branham said it this way. He said, if I heard the voices of hundreds of other angels, I could distinctly declare unto you that angel's voice. You say, Brother Matt, what are you saying? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to preach here this morning that when you reject the word that's revealed, you're not rejecting the thoughts of a man from Kentucky. You're rejecting the words from the throne of God. And it's truth that can set you free. Hello, somebody. And so let me say it this way, the, the, as, as we said, the revelation signified about anything. Verse 2, who bore record of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. So how you view the message, how you view the Bible, how you view the word of God will determine what you get out of it. Brother Branham says it this way, many people believe that he was a prophet. Speaking of Jesus. And he says, you know, many people believed him to be a good man. And he was a good man. And he says, as long as that's all they believed Jesus to be was a good man, that's all they got out of Jesus. Was a good man. And he says, many people believed he was a great scholar. <laughs> and Brother Adam says, and he was. He was. I couldn't say that, but Brother Adam said that. Many people believe he was a good theologian, a good teacher. Brother Adam says, oh my, he sure was. He, he sure was. And he says, but if that's all you believed him to be, then that's all you could receive of him. Hello, somebody. It's, it's so amazing to me watching how people can accept truth, can accept something as the word of God after the dispensation, after that channel, after that vessel is used. 
And after that dispensation moves from that anointing to another anointing, they can always accept, the, uh, they can always accept it. Notice in the Old Testament, they, they couldn't accept the word of Moses. They couldn't accept it. Uh, but when, it was the, when it was God tabernacled uh, through a prophet, Brother Branham says that prophet became God to the people. He was the voice of God to the people. And even Jesus says that. And so, but they couldn't accept it. But now here comes the anointed word. The anointing moves from the Shekinah glory in, a, in, a, in an inner, in a, in, a, in a holiest of holies. It moves from that inner tabernacle and it bodies and bodies himself in Emmanuel, the word made flesh. And now the religious mind can accept Moses, but reject the word made flesh. You see, it's always the carnal mind is always one step behind the anointed word. One step behind. They can accept Moses now that Jesus is on the scene, but they reject Jesus and crucify him. Hello? Yet he was the fulfillment of all of the Old Testament. So everything that the New Testament, everything that, that Jesus was, he was the fulfillment, the culmination of all of the prophets, of all of the gifts, of all of the, all of the mighty men of God that you read about. He was all of those bodied up, bottled up in one person. You see, they could follow him, Brother Branham says, as he was, as he was healing. He had miracles. He was signs and doing signs and wonders, raising the dead. Crowds followed him. But when he said, when he made himself the word of God, when he made himself the son of man, Brother Branham says, that's where the difference came. And many of them that walked with him could walk with him no more. Why, you say, Brother Matt? Because only those ordained to see the truth can see the truth. And only those ordained to see the light have something inside them to be a receptor to that light. And when he made himself God, when that word became flesh, not pointing to the past, but right now, present day, present tense, the Son of Man. Brother Branham says, what was Ezekiel when he called himself Son of Man? The only place you'll find in the Bible as a prophet referred to as Son of Man is Ezekiel. Son of Man, prophesy, say unto these bones, can they live? Brother Branham said, what was it? It was the Son of Man prefigured. Ezekiel was the Word of God. The Word made flesh to that generation. And they rejected Ezekiel. And now here's the Son of Man on earth. And he's, and he's declaring who he is and he's declaring his day and he's declaring the fulfillment of, of the scripture. And the, and, and, and the message, the Bible says, walked away from him. In fact, the whole church got up and walked out in the middle of his sermon. And the only ones remaining are the disciples. And Jesus looks at them and says, what are you doing here? Won't you go also? Won't you leave also? What was it? There was only something, only the true elected seed of God could receive the truth. Let me just say this to you, and I'm going to make it real simple and real plain here. The whole world can receive religion. Even the atheist is religious, whether he realizes it or not. He has his own religion. The whole world can receive information. The whole world can hear about a historical Jesus. And they don't mind a historical Jesus that you could put on the pages of uh, ink on paper and you could put him in the past. 
They, they love that kind of Jesus who they can explain and they can put on chalkboards and they can break down and dissect the languages and, and dissect the scrolls. and die. They love the Jesus who can't actively, openly, dynamically speak. And they can accept that one that they can seal up in a word and make him dead. And Brother Branham says they, he's not only dead in their churches, they fill him with embalming fluid. I always felt sorry for a man. Brother Branham said he's already dead and you've made him more dead than he was. And they can accept that kind of Jesus. Notice when the Word's made flesh, He's made flesh in the Son of Man and they reject Him. Now they accept Moses. Where before they rejected Moses. And now Jesus leaves the scene and the dispensation of the Holy Ghost comes in the church on the day of Pentecost and they reject the Holy Ghost and now they accept Jesus. And now we live in a world where the entire world accepts by the masses the story of the baby born in Bethlehem. Now they accept by the masses the historical Jesus, but they miss the current, active, present day, present truth, present revelation. Listen, friends, He didn't stop revealing Himself on the day of Pentecost. He's still speaking. And until the church age is closed, Brother Branham said, He's still speaking to His church. Oh, I'll just go ahead and say it. Though Brother Branham left the scene, the mighty angel didn't leave. The mighty angel that was there gave the messenger the message. In Revelations 10, there was a transaction that took place. And the, the angel says, John, come and get the little book out of the... He says, come and take it. And he says, give me the book. And the angel says, take it, John, and eat it up. It'll become bitter in your, in your belly, but sweet in your mouth. I say today, you've got to eat the Word of God. You've got to consume the Word of God. God has sent you a Word, and it's a truth that can set you free. But how will you be free if you don't hear that voice? I just ask such a simple question as I asked it back home and I feel that anointing so, so familiar right now. Just, just here in a moment. How? Friends, I'm just going to get very practical. Practical. Do you realize the message of the hour that was sent to you and not the rest of the world is the rapture message? It's the body change message. I need a body change. Do you know it's the coming of the Lord message? It was the fulfillment of 1 Thessalonians 4. It was the fulfillment of Revelations 10. When, G, when the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 4, for the Lord Himself shall descend with a shout. What was that shout? It was a message. And we received that message. The Lord Himself shall descend with a shout. What was it? It was the coming of the Lord. Do you realize the coming of the Lord has already started to take place when God sent a shout? It was the first phase of the rapture. Oh, come on and somebody, some believer, help me preach this morning. That first shout message was the beginning of the coming of the Lord. I don't declare. I'm not here to declare as the prophet said that He's coming. I'm here to tell you He's here. Let him come or forever hold his peace. You know the word of God. You know the message of the hour. What was it? It was the coming of the Lord. The first phase of the rapture has already started. But I ask you a question. If the message is the rapture message, it's the body change message, 
It's the coming of the Lord message. It's the spirit of truth that Jesus refers to in John 16. When He, the spirit of truth, has come. He'll guide you. Brother Brandon preached a message called the God. Into all truth. And He'll show you things which must come. He preached things that are to be. What was it? It was the spirit of truth coming to a, to a bride to prepare herself, to make herself ready. But I just have a simple question as it struck my heart so much. How do we think that we will take a rapture if we're not hearing a rapture message? Oh, I ought to get a loud amen. How do we think we'll receive a body change if we're not hearing a message that changes our body? I'll just read you what I wrote on my notes. How do I think I'll take a rapture if I'm not hearing a rapture message? I won't. How do I think I'll receive a body change when I'm not hearing a body change message? I won't. Don't you see that there's a, a spirit that tries to creep into our churches? Don't you see that there's a spirit that tries to creep into our churches? That tells us to stop quoting Brother Branham? Do you know that there's always, Brother Branham preached this on an action and a reaction. I'm going to get real practical and walk down here just to grab your attention. An action and a reaction. You know to every action there's a reaction and oftentimes it's our reaction that gets us in trouble, not the action. And if we're not careful, the devil is always on a seesaw. You always watch one extreme come up in a family and they go to the extreme. And so to correct that extreme, we go to the other extreme. And if you're not careful, many times it's the reactions that destroy children, family, youth, marriages, homes. It's recognizing a problem and recognizing something that is wrong and should be corrected. But the wrong thing to do is to overcorrect the correction. All right, I'll keep preaching. And so, so this is what happens. A scarecrow comes up in the message. Scarecrow come, comes up. And so we react to that and go the other extreme. And you watch someone major on something. And if you're not careful, Brother Branham says, if he can't make you, uh, he says, if he can't get you there, he'll make you so extreme against that that you get to the other edge and he kicks you over. How many times did you hear Brother Branham talking about two ditches? How many times? Raise your hands. How many times have you heard Brother Branham say that, that, that he says always with Calvinism and Arminianism? And he says, but I stand in the middle of the road. I'm a Calvinist as long as a Calvinist is in the Word. I'm an Armenian as long as he's in the Word. But when he leaves the Word, I'll leave Calvinist. When he leaves the Word, I'll leave the Armenian. He wasn't dismissing either one. He was saying there's a truth that's in the middle of the road. And the bride walks down the middle. Let me say, let me tell you, let me quote you something actually that he says in one place. And he says, you know, there's always two ditches to the road. And he says, but the bride, he says, some people, I know I've quoted this before, some people make church a funeral service. And he says, some of them make it a funeral, just dead as four o'clock. He says, others make it a frolic. And Brother Madam says, now which is it? It's not a funeral and it's not a frolic. It's a feast. And the bride goes right down the middle. Hallelujah. And he says she goes down the middle 
drawing, don't miss this part, drawing from both sides. Don't you see it's the devil's tactic to kick us into ditches? Don't we realize, friends, come on, can I get somebody to help me preach this morning? It's the devil's tactic to kick us into ditches, to make us extreme on one thing, to react to the other extreme. But the bride of Jesus Christ has the mind of Christ and she walks down the middle of the road. He always tries us to get us into ditches, to cut out one thing, to get another. I have seen some cut out emotion and we need emotion. Brother Branham says if it doesn't have emotion, you might as well bury it, it's dead. I've seen some cut out emotion and say we need the Word and the Word only. And it's just the Holy Ghost without sensation. And we just intellectually absorb it like osmosis. Like if I'm in a garage long enough, I'll become a car. No, you won't. If I hear the Word preached long enough, I'll be a believer. No, you won't. Brother Adams asked directly in questions and answers. Brother Branham, he says, he says, what happens? He says, what about those who believe the message with all that's within them? Yet they don't have these signs or experiences. Brother Branham takes the example of a candle. And he says, you got a candle, you got a wick, you got the tallow, you have all of the ingredients. And he quotes the fruits of the Spirit. You're made up of all of the mechanics. But until the Holy Ghost, by the dynamics, lights that wick... You say, Brother Matt, then which is more important? The lighting of the wick, the fire, or the wax and the tallow and the, and, the, and the candle and the glass and the jar? Which is more important? Both of them are important. They're equally important. You've got to have both of them or you don't have none of them. Listen to me, friends. I'm going to make a very simple statement. To leave off one single part of the Word of God and you abandon all of the Word of God. To leave off one part is to miss the whole. As we said, how you view the message will determine what you get out of it. Brother Brandon says, some seen him as Jesus. He was a good man. He was a healer. And he was, Brother Brandon says, and he was a healer. And he says, but some of them seen him as Lord. And when that little woman cried out, and Brother Branham said, they said, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Brother Branham says he didn't even bat his eye when she said, Son of David, because she had no access to him as Son of David. He says, but when she said, Lord, he said he turned his head and looked at her. Why? Because she contacted him on the basis of where God can meet her. And Brother Branham says, and who is he to us? He's Lord. He's the Son of Man. He's the Son of God. And if you approach him in the right way, you'll get what you have need of. Listen, friends, some see this message as just he was just a prophet, just a gift of a prophet. Listen, he was, but he was more than a prophet. As Jesus said of John the Baptist, what went you out to see? A prophet, behold, I say unto you, more than a prophet. He was a dispensational angel sent from God. He was declaring the coming of the Lord. And as long as you've just seen him as a healer, that's all you got. And if you're not careful, you will reduce and deduct this message as opinions and quotes and doctrines and ideas and theology and a greater understanding. We just have a greater understanding of the Godhead than the Trinitarian. We do, but that's way more than that. We know who the serpent see. We know who the serpent was in the beginning. We do, but oh, it's so much more than that. We we have an understanding of election and true predestination. We do, thank God, but it's so much more than that. 
Jesus said in Luke 17, 30, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Go listen to the message, the trial. And Brother Branham gets to the very end of it and he takes the, says, blind prosecutor, takes the skeptic and you know all of the witnesses that he calls and he comes to the very end of that message and he starts discerning the hearts as he points to Melchizedek who discerned the heart of Sarah in the tent behind him. And he says, why did Sarah laugh? And Brother Branham says, what was that? It was the sign of the Son of Man, a prefigure of Christ. And the prophet of God in the message, the trial, says, I challenge you to see the Son of Man, the Word made flesh, in the bride's body. What was he doing? He was putting himself with the rest of us as part of the bride. I declare unto you, Brother Branham says, I challenge you to see the Word made flesh. What are they doing? They're looking for a nail-scarred Jesus. They're looking for a crown of thorns, Jesus. They're looking to a historical God. But Brother Branham says, we don't look for nail-scarred hands. What does the bride look for? The Word made flesh. You say, well, it's good to recognize Jesus. It is. It was good to recognize the Son of Man in the ministry of William Branham. Oh, but who do you say this is right now? Who do you say is speaking to the church of the living God? It's not a dead letter from 1965. It's the living, breathing power, dynamics that was sent to the church of God to change their bodies. This is the truth that makes you free. And if all you receive is just the doctrine and just the letter, the letter killeth. Isn't it amazing? The same thing that gives life is the same thing that takes life. I've seen some, as we said, both ditches. How many times have we watched some cut out emotion? And then others cut out teaching. And say, we don't need to teach the Word of God anymore. Some cut out dancing. Others cut out brotherly love. Hello, somebody. Some cut out the tapes and say, we don't need to quote from Jesus. We don't need to quote from the prophet. Come on, Brother Matt. You don't need to say Brother Branham said anymore. I'm going to preach against that spirit because it's from the pits of hell. You don't need to say Brother Branham. You don't need to say a prophet. Listen to me, friends. Jesus preached from the message of prophets. Jesus quoted from the message of prophets. Jesus lived and preached. Luke 18, verse 31. He took the twelve and said, Behold, we go to Jerusalem, and all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Here's Luke 24, 25. He said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken. Paul says in Acts 3, Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. John the Baptist preached the message of prophets. And he says, Yea, listen to what he says. In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. For this is the one referred to by... Isaiah, the prophet, saying the voice of one crying in the wilderness. All through the New Testament, you see men quoting from prophets. Here's Matthew 8. Then when evening had come, they brought to him many that were demon-possessed. 
And he healed them. And he said that it might be fulfilled, saying he took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. What did Peter say in Acts chapter 2? Others mocking said they'd be of new wine. They'd be full of wine. But Peter standing up with the eleven and lifted up his voice. And he said, you men of Judea and all you that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as you suppose, seeing it's but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. You say, Brother Matt, what are you preaching? I'm saying if Jesus could quote a prophet, I should quote a prophet. If John quoted the prophet, I'm not going to stop quoting the prophet. You don't go past the prophet. Don't you see? It's the devil's tactic to try to kick us into ditches. I've seen some cut out emotion. Others cut out teaching. Others cut out dancing. Others cut out brotherly love. Others cut out the tapes and say we don't need the tapes. Then others cut out preachers. And God forbid that we don't have preachers. Listen, friends, more than ever before, we need preachers who will preach the unadulterated Word of God, who will check their opinions at the door and say, I'm going to preach to you the message of the hour. Straight, gun barrel straight, as Brother Branham said, a double 12-gauge shotgun. We need that kind of preaching that will stand on the Word of God and declare the truth. That will cut through the voice of lies. But yeah, we have some cutting out preachers. And then others say, we don't need the tapes anymore. And some cut off the Bible and say, we don't need the Bible. We just need the message. And then others say, we don't need the message. Just give me Jesus. Just give me the Bible. Listen, friends, when you separate the message from the Bible, you separate yourself from the inheritance I said, when you separate the message of the hour from the Bible, you separate yourself from the effect that it can have on you and your family. Because when you, as we said before, how you view it will determine what you get out of it. That's why so many people walk away and say the message is just bondage. It's just change. And to them, it was just bondage and change. But to the true believer, you don't hear the voice of a Kentucky hillbilly. You hear the voice behind the voice. You hear the voice of your beloved speaking to your heart. Listen, friends, when I turn on the tape of God's prophet, I'm not hearing the voice of a man from uh, Kentucky. I'm hearing the voice from another dimension. What I'm hearing is not of this world. It's not of this cosmos. It's from another dimension. It's telling me who I am. It's telling me where I came from. It's telling me my future and my inheritance. Some cut out the Bible. Others cut out, some cut out repentance. Others cut out grace. It's the tactic of the devil to push us into ditches. But Brother Adam says the true bride walks down the middle. You say, what is our inheritance, Brother Matt? What are you preaching on? I'm preaching on you or your inheritance. Do you know what your inheritance is? Everything the first church had, you have access to. In fact, the omega would reflect the alpha. Hello? And so the Alpha Church, the Book of Acts Church, Brother Branham says, that's your inalienable right. What the church had on the day of Pentecost, night 06, 
But the 8033, listen, I'm not talking about 1906. I'm not talking about a Pentecost denomination. I'm talking about a book of Acts church. The seed that went in the ground is the same seed that comes manifested in the end time. All that she had, the true bride of the last day has access to. You say, Brother Matt, then what did she have? The true church, let me give you these. The first church had the knowledge and revelation of the Word of God. And they taught it and they preached it, and more importantly, they lived it. The first church had the demonstration of the Holy Ghost by manifestations of the gifts and the entire body, not just the preachers. Amen. I said the gifts of the Spirit are not just for the platform, they're for all the way to the back door. They're not just for the old, they're for the young. The nine spiritual gifts, what did they have, Brother Matt? They had the Holy Ghost manifested in gifts. The laity of the first church were not just absorbers of the Word that they heard taught and preached, but they were participators in spiritual worship. The first church had the divine nature of Christ dwelling in them on a daily basis. You say, what were they, Brother Matt? They were full of power, full of the Holy Ghost, full of dynamics. That's true. Let me tell you what else they were also full of. Love, one for another. They were kindly affectionate, one to the other. You see, you can't have one without the other. In fact, Brother Brandon says the most perfect gift, that he says the thing that brings, if you want perfect gifts, get perfect love. Can I get a hearty amen from the whole church? They didn't just have the power. They had the life. They had all of the gifts. But with the gifts, they also had the fruits. Faith, wisdom, knowledge. Listen, this is the gifts of the Spirit. This is the nine spiritual gifts that the church had. Faith, wisdom, knowledge, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts of healing, the working of miracles, the gift of prophecy, the discerning of spirits. You say, oh, that was good for them. It's for you today. Well, we stopped there, Brother Matt. Good, we got all the gifts. That's all we need. Oh, no, that's not all you need. They also had the fruits of the Spirit. They had love. They had joy. They had peace. They had long-suffering. They had gentleness. They had goodness. They had faith. They had meekness. They had temperance, which means self-control. They controlled. Friends, do you realize if you major on any one and leave out the other, you sell yourself short for the full inheritance that was given to you at the opening of the seven seals. You say, Brother Matt, which one do we need? We need all of them. Do we need teaching? Yeah, you do. Do you need brothers who have gifted a gifted ministry to teach the Word of God? Absolutely you do, and none of us are the same. Not all of us yell. Not all of us spit. Not all of us speak in tongues. Not all of us dance in the Spirit. Not all of us, but listen, friends, we're all anointed by the same Holy Ghost, and that same Holy Ghost produces a life that was like Jesus, talks like Jesus, walks like Jesus, lives like Jesus. I say, God, give me the Word of God that produces the word in my life not just on one I need all of it 
I need the tapes. I need the books. I need the Bible. I need the preachers. I need the teachers. I need the gifts. I need the operation of the fruits in my life. I say, God, give me everything that you want to give me. Don't let me sell myself short of any of it, God. Let me be full of the grace and mercy of the Lord Jesus. You need more than ever before. I'm just going to lay this in here right now. More than ever before, you need to be hearing the tapes. Now I know there's a voice that says all we need is the tapes, but that's just the scarecrow. Don't let that stop you from listening to the tape voice. The voice of vindication you need now more than you've ever needed it before. And I hope this doesn't get me kicked out or crucified. I say press play. (laughs) Yep, that's what Brother Matt believes, press play. I do it every day. And when I press play, I preach the Word of God because the voice that I hear when I push play says be instant in season, out of season. Preach the Word of God. You need more than ever before. You don't need to be shy away from the tape voice. Just because one's making a a denomination out of it doesn't mean you go to the other route and go the other way. Don't you realize it's the tactic of the devil to try to get you shying away from your inheritance? If you're not hearing the voice of God, the voice through the tape is the voice of God. That's a direct quote from Brother Branham. It's the voice of God. You say, Brother Matt, is not the only voice of God. That's not the voice I hear when I read this word. The voice when I hear my pastor or brother preach. I'm hearing the voice amen. of truth. Can you say amen? amen? Oh, we got so much on our plate. I got 1230. Can I have about 15 minutes? I want a good, honest amen. amen. Thank you. The voice of truth. It's so important. Listen, friends. Satan doesn't hate preachers. He doesn't. In fact, he's got a lot of them. He doesn't hate preachers. He hates what's being preached. In fact, it would be Satan who would anoint people's hearts in the last days to heap, the Bible says, unto themselves, teachers. For 2 Timothy, I think chapter 4. You know, you know the word of God very well. He says that they would, he says, he says that the time will come. I believe that time is now. Where they will not endure sound doctrine. This is what Paul tells Timothy and he charges him. Oh, it's so solemn. You should go read it in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy 4. And then Paul is charging. He's letting him know how serious he is. And he says, I charge you, Timothy. In other words, I'm commanding you. This isn't a suggestion. This isn't good advice. I charge you in the name of the Lord. In the name of God who shall judge the quick. means the alive and the dead at his appearing. Preach the word. This is a command to Timothy. Preach it, Timothy. Reprove. Rebuke. We don't like that word. Reprove. Rebuke. With all long suffering. I'm going to read this to you in a, in a different uh, translation because it just brought such clarity. When Paul says, For the time will come when they won't endure it. They can't. 
but after their own lusts, they shall heap. This is who is this, Brother Matt? This isn't alcoholics down on the bar stool. This isn't the drug addict looking for drugs on the corner. This is churches. This is a religious spirit that comes in the last days upon religious people. What did Brother Brandon preach? The greatest battle that would ever be fought would be fought in the mind. You say, why is it in the mind? Because it comes to the intellectual mind that gets to the point to where they think they know and they become know-it-alls and they're unteachable and can't be taught. And he says they'll heap unto themselves after their own lusts. They'll bring teachers. Having itching. You ever had an ear that itched? Oh man, there is almost nothing worse. You ever had an ear and you almost can't get rid of that itch? This is what Paul's saying. He says they'll, they'll have itching ears. And they shall turn away from the truth. Now it doesn't say they'll leave religion. It doesn't say they'll, they'll leave their churches. No, in fact, most of the time, people leave the truth. They become more religious than they ever were sitting in a message pew. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Let me give you the words here from a different translation. This is what Paul says to Timothy. You're going to find, Timothy, that there will be people who have no stomach for solid teaching, but will fill up their bellies with religious junk food. Opinions that tickle their fancy. It's an archaic. Maybe some of you young people don't understand what that means. Let me, give you, let, me give you the, let me give you the modern day. It's, it's going to be something that's relatable, something that's relative, something that's catchy, something that's, you know, in style. This is what they're going to heap unto themselves. They'll have no stomach for the true unadulterated word of God, but they'll fill up their bellies on religious junk food They'll turn their back on the truth and chase mirages. But he says, but you, Timothy, keep your eye on what you're doing. Accept the hard times along with the good. And I'm, I didn't put this in here. This is straight from the translation. Keep the message alive. <laughs> Do a thorough job as God's servant. They'll have no, you know what happens with truth? People define the truth as whatever they want it to be. And, if, and, 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 and this is exactly, even I think I have it there, brother. If you go to the first slide, I don't have the clicker, that's fine. Here it is here, okay. So notice this, this is what comes to our world. I'm just going to close here. As Brother Diggs says, don't get scared, I'm fixing to close. This is what comes to our world. Today, this is called rationalism. This rationalism, let me just give you just, a, just for a moment, just a, a breakdown of this. This is, what, this is what Pilate asked, who is truth? What is truth? His real question should have been, who is truth? Because truth is a person. But it's the same question that philosophers have asked from the beginning of time. Why are we here? What's the purpose? What's real? What's life? What is it about? What's it defined by? Who puts it intrinsically inside of me? 
Who puts knowledge and truth? Where did it come from? What's our standard? What's the basis for morality? What's the basis for truth? What's the basis for good? What's the basis for evil? And this is the question that philosophers have, have asked all throughout time. What is truth? And here's what, here's what comes in historically. You have this ism. I'm going to preach on a few of them just here for a moment. Rationalism. Rationalism, if you had asked the apostles at the day of Pentecost, what is truth? They would have told you one very simple answer. The word of God is the truth that defines everything in the world. But the rationalist mind, you see, comes in and rationalism says, you know, it's not, it's, not a, it's not what we think is true. It's not what we're told is true. It's not what we read is true. You see, this is what happens in the world. They call it the enlightenment period. It was more of an endarkenment than it was an enlightenment. I'm thankful for the enlightenment. I'm thankful that I don't have to travel to Hickory on a, a horse and buggy. I'm thankful I've got a car. When I go to Arizona, I don't have to ride a bicycle all the way down I-10. I can get in an airplane. I'm thankful for modern technology, but let me give you the words of a prophet. The more and further you go into education and civilization, the further you get from God. And so technology rationalism says, you know, I can figure this out on my own. The shift in our world was truth is no longer what God tells us, but truth is what we discover. Truth is what we find out for ourselves, to put it simply, human reasoning and rationale and what academic, the academic world calls critical thinking. You should have critical thinking in some things in your life. It's good to have critical thinking. It's good, to, it's good to, when you're studying a subject to hear the opposing views of other subjects to decipher and discern by, discern by your intellectual mind. You know what's right and wrong. But let me tell you something, friends. God's word is not communicated by critical thinking. God's word is not communicated in a rational English language that you can put on a chalkboard. Brother Branham says, Satan chose the mind, but God chose the heart. And we're told, no, you just you got it, you got common sense. You don't need a prophet to tell you. You don't need the message of the hour to interpret the word of God. Yes, there's thousands of voices, and not one church can agree with the next. And you got nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand denominations, two hundred whatever it is, thousand denominations, and not one of them agree on a one. You've got a religion in the world that says there's only one God. There's another religion that says there's two hundred and fifty gods. There's Hindus who believe in two hundred and fifty thousand gods. Then there's a religion that believes in no God. So which one's right? Oh, they're all right. It's all. It's truth is just relative, Brother Matt. It's just the consensus of all opinions. Truth is just what, you know, we don't need the word. We don't need the, we don't, we have critical thinking. We can really critically think this out and we could think it through. Don't you realize what Satan does? He exalts the thinking of a man's mind. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. That means they get in the mirror and they go, oh man, I just look so good. My goodness, I'm so good looking. I just, I just love myself. Oh friends, unless you got something wrong mentally, none of us do that. At least I hope none of us do that. So then what is the love of self? 
It's when you love what you think so much that you think you've got it figured out by your critical, intellectual, rational, common sense reasoning. Rationalism says, I can figure it out. I don't need to accept the word that was taught to me. I, I, I can figure this out for myself. You know what it does? It makes man his own God. I preached this many years ago at this church. I'm just going to cover it just here. I'm just going to briefly say this. Do you know that Alistair McVeigh, the author of the Satanic Bible, he was asked what's the most Satanic song written in our generation. And it wasn't ACDC. It wasn't some death metal song. It wasn't some horrible. You know what he said? The Satanic Bible, the man who wrote it, said the most Satanic song ever written, the most Satan-pleasing, Satan-worshipping song was Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. So you see what Satanism really is. It's not witches with long nose and a mole at the end of it and long fingernails. Really, witchcraft is rebellion against the word that was spoken. Satanism, I did it my way. I can figure this out. I don't need a prophet. I don't need a man of God to tell me. I've got my own rational. And they, whether they know it or not, they've exalted their human intellect. Listen, friends, if you put the brain of every, every the most Nobel Prize winning scientists, men who had greatest, the greatest minds in the whole world, and put them, in, put them, put all of those collectively, and they would just be a drop in the bucket of true wisdom and knowledge. Truth is not what I think. Truth is not what I'm told. It's what I think it is. It makes man his own God. He could discover the truth for himself. He didn't need a man to tell him. Man could discover it with the use of his mind and his five senses and education and academia. He could learn it. He could become a scholar. And of course, this opened the field to scientific discovery. Let me tell you something, young men, young men, young women. I'll tell you something right now in the modern world that we live in. You might be told a scientist or atheist. Let me tell you, the original first scientists were not atheists. They were believers in God. Bacon and Copernicus and men like this were men. The Galileo, he was a believer. The first scientist believed in God. And true science doesn't just tell you about the creation. It tells you about the creator. Can you say amen? amen? So that's this, this, this entire scientific world. It led to what we call deism. Deism is this. It's the belief in the existence of a supreme being. Specifically a creator. But they believe that that creator doesn't control his creation. And he doesn't intervene in the universe. The term is chiefly used of an intellectual movement of the 17th and 18th century that accepted the existence of a creator on the basis... Listen, I'm getting this right off of Google so you can go look it up for yourself. you got to be careful what you get off Google. Let me just throw that in there. Google's not the voice of truth. It's amazing to me how quickly people will put their reliance, complete gospel reliance, on a quick Google query and a result... And now that has replaced what we call true and not true. Hello, somebody. 
Got to be careful what you call true. People have put so much confidence. Except for the man he preaching against Google searches. No, go to my phone history. You'll see I got hundreds of them searching Google all the time for answers. But you got to put those answers through the filter of the vindicated word. Do you realize those answers are, are infiltrated and polluted with political agenda and national agenda and a cultural agenda and a satanic move? But I've got the voice of truth and it's not influenced by any politician. It's not influenced by any agenda of any man. It's the pure, unadulterated Word of God. You ought to take it back to the Word. Okay, that was free. We'll move on. So deism says... We believe in us. You know, it's like sort of like God when he started time. We believe in God. He had sort of a clock and he wound it up and wound it up. And then he let it go and it's just sort of floating through history. He can't control it. At some point, it's eventually going to start, stop moving. At some point, it's just going wild. And then eventually it'll click, 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 boom. Aren't you so glad that's not the revelation of the word of God? Aren't you so glad that's not how God started time, but with a very specific purpose, He placed you here for a very specific time and a very specific age. I was not anointed to live in the man age. I was not anointed to live in the ox age. I wasn't anointed under Luther's message, but I've got an eagle anointing. I'm anointed to live in 2023. In spite of all of the demonic oppression in the world, I was made, you were made. You've got to believe that about yourself and say, I'm not just here filling a spot in history. I'm here for a calling. I've got a purpose. I've got a place to stand against this cultural demon and demon spirits uh, that are released upon the world. I've got, a, I've got a message to declare to the world. I've got a place. I've got a part. I'm not just wound up in history, but God has a specific calling. Can you say amen in my life? Deism leads to skepticism. Now this is one that if I could ever say we live in an age of skepticism, it's now. That skepticism is preceded by relativism. You know it's relative, Brother Matt. It's relative. You know, it's whatever you call truth is truth for you but it doesn't necessarily mean it's truth for me. And Jesus had some truth. He was a good man. He had some truth. He had some good things to say. He was, you know, the Muslims believe he was a prophet, friends. Muslims believe he was a good man. A good prophet had a lot of good things to say, but they don't make him deity. They don't make him Lord. Brother Adam says Christian science can smother you in fruits of the Spirit, have more fruits of the Spirit, but not call Jesus divine. It's relative, Brother Matt. It's just, you know, it's whatever you think the message is. It's just it maybe something. You know, that was Brother Branham's opinion over here. And it was his opinion over here. And his opinion. Listen, friends, if that's how you see it, that's all you get out from it. But when you see it as the voice of God, you don't question it. You become obedient to it. It's tragic. Listen, as they say, it's, it's, it's people no longer believe a thing. Just because people no longer believe a thing just because they're told it, but they want to find it out for themselves. This is what relativism was. It was a great shift that happens. And even in even this, this skepticism age, 
It's, it's, it's spoke about, it prophesied, you know it in the book of, of Jude, it spoke of the scoffers will arise and say, where's the promise of, of, of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things remain as, as they were. People no longer believe a thing just because they're told it, but they've got to find it out to see whether it's true, whether it appeals to their own human logic, whether they can understand it. Let me just make a statement. It's tragic when a man will only believe what he can understand or what he can discover for himself. For we will never fully understand in these finite minds all that can be given by God. You won't understand it. I heard a man say something so wonderful at a funeral recently. He said, you know, he was t- a man once said, you know, it'd be like a man looking over the horizon in a boat and he could see the horizon. He could say, you know what? That's the end of it all. He, that's the end of everything. There's nothing beyond that horizon. No, no, that wasn't true. That's just all he could see. You see, friends, there's so much more to what you don't limit yourself to what your vision sees. There's a whole nother world you could tap into. That skepticism changes. In fact, what happens is the result of rationalism is that we become the create, we become we become one with the creation, but forget the creator because science can tell you all about the creation, but it can't tell you about the creator. I've got a word that doesn't just tell you the past, present. And listen, friend, this is a history book like no other. This history book writes history when there was no man there to record the history. It tells you not just the history of the beginning of the earth. It also tells you the history of the end of the earth. It's called prophecy. It doesn't just tell you where you're at now. It tells you where you came from. It doesn't just tell you where you came from. It tells you where you're going someday. This is what truth gives. But what happens in rationalism and deism and skepticism, what changes And this is what I want to preach on. I just want to close right here. It changes our view from the heavenly to the earthly. And any time the devil... Listen, friend, this is how you must serve God. You've got to walk with your eyes above. It's a walk by faith, not by sight. And anytime the devil can take circumstances, trials, sickness, bodily conditions, health conditions, family trouble, church problems, I don't care what it is, anytime the devil can take your eyes from here and bring them down to here, you hear the voice of lies, but you don't hear the voice of truth. The great shift... From divine, this is why Brother Branham says, above all else, pray for revelation. Above everything you pray for more than your, don't become so materialistic. And so materialistic, it changes your vision from heaven to earth. It changes from divine revelation to human reasoning. I can't understand it, so it can't be true. It moves from skepticism to the era of romanticism. Ooh, romanticism. It's romantic. That means now the shift goes from what you can understand intellectually to what you can feel 
emotionally. Oh, so the truth is not just to be understood, but now the truth has to be felt. I feel it, so it must be true. You hurt my feelings. <laughs> I got a good friend back home, and I'm still in his phrase. I'm going to make it, put it on a t shirt. Feelings are overrated. Put that on a t-shirt and wear it. Feelings are overrated. i got to feel it. In order for me to believe it, Brother Matt, you've got to feel it. Feel it. If you look up romanticism, it was an artistic, literary, musical. It was intellectual. Listen, friends. The same faith that says you've got to feel it emotionally, and the opposite of that is no, you just understand it intellectually. They're both emotionally based. They're both, can you say Amen. They're both based upon feelings and not upon the Word. Brother Adam says, what was the true evidence of the Holy Ghost, the true baptism of the Holy Ghost? It wasn't fruits of the Spirit, though he thought it was. He says, I guess the evidence of the Holy Ghost is love. Sounded good, sounded reasonable. Brother Adam says, nope, but that wasn't it. It must be that you speak in tongues. Must have some kind of outward experience. Nope, Brother Adam says, away with experiences for a measuring line. You say, Brother Matt, then what is the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost? It's what are you doing with the Word that's been revealed in your day and your age? What are you doing with the message of the hour? What are you doing with the truth that's been vindicated and revealed? No, it's not romanticism that says it's, it's musical. It's an intellectual movement that originates in Europe towards the end of the 18th century. In most of the areas, it was at its peak in the approximate period from 1800 to 1850. Listen, some of the main characteristics of romantic literature include a focus on the writer's or the narrator's emotions. And his inner world, it's the celebration of nature. It's like modern art. You know, I hope I don't hurt anybody's feelings, but I don't get modern art at all. And I'm sorry if you've got a painting that was worth, you know, some people, I've got this painting, I paid, I'm like, you paid how much for that splatter of paint? I mean, I don't get it. Does anybody, maybe someone be honest and could identify with Brother Matt and say, I, yeah, I don't get it either, Brother Matt. Well, that's okay. You're not, you don't want to step on any toes. You know, modern art, it's like, I mean, I don't understand. You know that, but you know, they say, oh, do, do, look at the modern art. I don't get it. That means you got it. <laughs> I don't understand it. You got it. You understand it. You understand. You don't understand it. No, I don't. That means you got it. Okay. You keep it. <laughs> it's what you feel. It's not what you see. It's what you feel. It's how it, it's the emotions. I'm sorry if anybody's got a painting. I apologize already. <laughs> I can feel the tension. <laughs> it's, it's what you feel. It's what you, you can experience for yourself. And you know, you've got to feel the music. Yeah, you do. That's right. Music has an emotion. It touches you at a level that nothing else can. That's why you better be watching what music you listen to. It's got an anointing on it, whether you realize it or not. And the Romantic era says it focuses on the, the celebration of nature. Imagination is the rejection of industrialization and organized religion, rationalism, and social convention. It says human, humans aren't just thinking people, they're feeling people. And I've got to feel it. I, it's not real unless I feel it. What, I, what is true is what I feel is true. 
And so there came not just a desire for scientific explanation of things, but a desire for an experience. People want to feel it. They don't feel it's real unless they felt it. You know, I dare to say that's how people put a measuring line on worship. If I felt it, I guess it was worship. If I didn't feel it, I guess it wasn't. Friends, I'd go as far as to say that the best worship is when you don't feel it and don't feel like it and you feel a million miles away from God, but yet you raise your hands and you say, Lord, you're worthy of my praise regardless of how I feel or what I felt like this morning. I'd say that's true worship when you move beyond what you feel. And you move based upon what the Word of God says. Got to feel it. People are, they want to feel it. it they want to, they want to, they, they, they want to, they want to feel it. They don't just want to feel it. They want to, and so rationalism says truth is what I understand for myself. Romanticism says no truth is what I can feel. And then Jesus. And then Jesus steps right in the middle of the two. And says, I am the truth. I am the life. I am the way. And if you don't have me, it doesn't matter what you think. And it doesn't matter what you feel. You say, Brother Matt, can God change your thinking? He better change your thinking. Can God change how you feel? He better change how you feel. I love it when the Holy Ghost makes me feel different. When I get around the Holy Spirit, I don't feel depressed. I, isn't it amazing? How many of you have ever picked up a tape, turned on a tape, listened to the voice of God's prophet? Let me ask you a question. How many of you have ever turned on a tape of God's prophet, and when you got done listening, you felt depressed? How many of you heard the voice of God's prophet, and when you got done, you felt anxiety and panic and fear? And stress. How about when you read the Word of God and you get off of your knees in prayer? How many of you ever feel down and depressed and, 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 and anxiety and, and down and out? Come on, friends. Am I preaching to you? How many times have you done that? But how many times have you got on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and Be Real and all of these other things? Don't you realize the anxiety that you hate? It's the very thing you're feeding that thing that you want to get rid of. Why don't you replace that for the thing that gives you peace that passes understanding. The thing that gives you joy unspeakable and full of glory. I'd say it's time to disconnect from the things that are feeding our anxiety and start connecting to the thing that tells us who we are. Tells us who we really are. Tells us where we're really from. Shut the voice of the devil up and say, God, open and speak to me, Lord. Speak to my soul and free me. Give me the voice of truth. Oh, how many could hear today could say, give me the truth, Lord. Give me the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. That's what I want in my life. I want the truth that makes me free. Could you stand to your feet today? Could you raise a hand to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to tune into the voice. Could you raise a hand and say, Lord, I want to tune out the voice of lies and distress I want to tune out the voice of complexes and tune out the voice of reasoning and doubt and rationalizing and reasoning and skepticism, romanticism. I want to tune into the voice of truth. Bow your heads with me if you could. I want to tune into a voice. The voice of my beloved. The voice of creation. I want to tune into that voice. I just want to raise a hand today. 
Maybe someone would hear, hear the preaching of the Word of God and say, Lord, I want, to, I want to let the truth of God's Word drown out all the voices of lies. I wonder if there'd be someone who'd be honest here today at the close of this service who would say, Lord, if there's any part of my life that's a lie, anything that I'm feeding on that's false or fictitious, Lord, I want to cast it down. I want you to go in and root out every part. I, Lord, I want you to uncover any lie in my life. And I want you to speak the voice of truth. Oh, God, bless those hands up all over the building. My hands are up right now. Lord, how we want that. We want it for our church. We want it for our home. We want it for our mind. We want it for our spirit. Lord, it's for us. The Word of God is healing to the mind. It's healing to the body. It's healing to the soul. It's healing to the downcast, to the discouraged. Lord, it's the answer that we're looking for. May we realize that today, God. The answers that we're looking for is right here in front of us. When Pilate says, what is truth? It was right in front of him, Lord. And oftentimes people are looking way down the road, way up the road, way down somewhere else when it's right here in front of us. Oh God, may Lord, your prophet said, show us the Father, it'll suffice us. Everything that you have need of for this life's journey, healing of the body, healing of the mind, the saving of lost loved ones, the prodigals, depression in your heart, discouragement, sickness in your body, everything that you have need of for this life's journey is already in you. Even the rapture is inside of the seat of God. Lord, may we realize that you've given us a truth that can set us free. May we hear it today, God. I raise my hand and say, Lord, let me hear the Word of God. I want to hear the voice behind the voice. I don't want to cut out anything, Lord. We need teaching. We need preaching. We need the Bible. We need the tapes. We need ministers. We need missionaries. We need apostles, prophets, pastors. We need gifts. Lord, oh God, how we need the dynamics. You said the refilling of this church will be a, a the, re, the, the dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Then God hears a group in Hickory who raises their hands and says, God, send the refilling of the Holy Ghost. Send the dynamics of the gifts of the Spirit. Send the fruits. Send all that you want to give us, Lord Jesus. I raise my hand today and say, God, I remove any hindrance of my mind. I remove any hindrance of my spirit. And I say, Lord, I open up myself to welcome you. To welcome you, Lord. To welcome your word. To welcome your spirit. To welcome your life, God. How we need that written epistles read and known of all men. Lord, your prophet says that in influence, even when he's preaching a funeral. Lord, he says, I don't say much about the people who's died. I don't try to add too much. Don't try to rehearse their life and go over their life because their life is lived. Their life is spoken. And anything that I would say would just be drowned out by the life that they lived. Oh God, we don't realize the influences that our life has on others. Not what we say, not what we preach, not what we teach, not what we shout, not what we sing. It's what we live. That's what matters, Lord.
may our testimony, as the word says, your written epistles read and known of all men, then I say, God, why don't you write in my life? Lord, I open up a blank page and say, write your word upon my heart. Let my life be a testimony of the grace of Jesus Christ that declares the truth in a world of lies, that declares that you're still alive, that you're still the same yesterday, today, and forever. I say, God, let my life's testimony be louder than the words that I speak. Let my life's testimony be louder than the songs that I sing. Let it be epistles read and known of all men. Lord, for you said in your word that you'll try the works of every man. We'll all stand before the ancient of days. We'll all stand before that consuming fire. And it won't be what we've confessed in church on Sunday. It won't be that we've raised our hands. It won't be that we've verbally said amen. It won't be, be that we've paid our tithes. Lord, but you said the works. As John said, I stood there before him and his eyes were eyes of flaming fire and I fell at his feet as dead. God, because John knew that everything that he had in his life, it didn't matter what he said, didn't matter what he talked about, didn't matter what he sung about, but who he really was stood before that consuming fire. God, here we are today, Lord, and this is our moment. This is our time to be purged. This is our time to lay aside every weight and every sin that doth so easily beset us, to lay aside every lie of the devil, to lay aside every lie that he tries to tell us, and to say, God, let me hear the voice of truth. Let it speak if it hurts me. Let me say amen. If it cuts me, let me say change me. Oh God, if it tells me to get right, then let me get right. I want to be right. I want to be in truth. I want to live in truth. I want to have a life that's worthy of the gospel. Oh, Lord, I raise my hands with each person that would want to raise them with me and say, Lord, I don't want to be tried on that day. I want to be tried right now. I want you to try my works right now. As every man and woman, but listen, young people, you will not get in on the testimony of your mom and your dad and your pastor and your preacher. It won't be their testimony. They could live godly and consecrated. It'll be what choice you make. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I just feel the Holy Spirit wanted me to speak this. I'm going to say it to you. It doesn't matter what your mom does. doesn't matter what. They don't listen to tapes. That has nothing to do with you. They don't believe in the Word. That has nothing to do with you. God's looking to your heart, young person. God's looking to what will you do? What, who do you say this is? Well, that's not what you, Brother Matt, you do. that doesn't matter, friend. What matters is what will you do with this Jesus called the Christ? God's looking to you. What will you do with the truth? Oh God, let me stand before you now and let me be judged. The truth, Lord, as the Bible says, let a man examine himself. Oh, the word says, make your calling and election sure. See whether you be in the, of the faith in the faith or not, oh God. Let us realize that for the elected seat of God, we won't be judged on that white throne judgment. We'll be on the throne judging. So then when does our judgment happen? Now! It happens now, Lord! We're being judged right now. God, and if the Word judges me, if I've looked in the mirror of Your Word today and it's challenged me, then I say, oh God, I repent right now. Judge me, Lord. I repent of myself. I repent of my ways. Let me be changed. 
Let me come obedient to the word that's been revealed and spoken. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Oh, yes, Jesus. Could we raise our hands? Could we just tell him, grant it, Lord. This is what my heart says. I don't have a heart of pride that would resist. I have a heart that's open. I want to raise a hand and say, I just want to say one simple word. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Oh, could you say that with me? Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. You're making him welcome when you do that. Yes, Lord. I accept the word, Lord. Yes, Lord. To no matter what it says, no matter what it tells me. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. I'll say yes, Lord. To your will, to your way. I'll say yes. Yes, Lord Jesus. I surrender. Could you raise your hands and sing with your eyes closed? Ah. Just close your eyes like a prayer to the Lord Jesus. Oh, let's just sing it in worship. Yes, Lord Jesus. Oh, I surrender. Sing that from the top all to Jesus. I surrender. Yes, all to Him. Oh, I freely give. I freely give it, Lord Jesus. I will ever, I will ever love and trust. Here's my desire in His presence. Oh, is that your desire? I want to daily live. Oh, sing it now. Oh, I surrender all. Oh, I surrender all. all to Thee, my blessed that again now I surrender all oh yes I surrender all Lord Jesus move upon your children oh let them let it go right now Jesus Holy Ghost we ask of you Lord Rebecca, if you'd 
I got to sing it when I come here. I don't even know it that well, but I love it so much. What's it called, Brother Ben? I don't even know the name of it. Can you give us a little bit of a hint? Yeah, so um, you have been my shield in time of trouble. A tower above. Aren't you glad he's a tower above your enemy? Amen. Give me that in the words for that if you could. Hear my cry, O Lord. From the end. From the ends of the earth I cry, oh yes, your peace will lead me to the rock that is high. Sing that again now. Raise your hands and sing it. Hear my prayer.
I know it is for me. Sometimes you get, uh, you want to be on one side or the other, but we need to walk right down the line. Amen. We need it all. Brother Josh Williams, could you come and close us in a word of prayer? It's great to have you and your family here with us this morning. Sure enjoyed that. We thank the Lord for that. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, we certainly appreciate the visitation of your anointing and speaking to our hearts this morning. We just want to say we love you. Lord, we just ask you to just help us apply these things to our lives, Lord, and take these things into consideration in, in every moment of our day, Lord. Lord. We just ask you to just bless the speaker, Lord, Brother Matt. Lord, pray that you'll replenish him, Lord. I know it's been, uh, been taxing on there, Lord. Pray that you'll just bless him and his family. We, Pray that you'll bless each and every one of these here today as well. And just lead us and guide us in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's sing that um, just as we uh, dismiss. This is your house. Amen. We dedicate this as his house, but really, this is his house. Amen. Amen. This is your house, Father, come and dwell. This is your house, a holy house of prayer, where the lost and the lonely bring their burdens and their cares. This is your house come and 
their birth. 